Hi everybody! Today is a hugely significant day. That's right. Uh, today is infection day from The Last of Us. Today Gross. Is, yeah. <laughs> today is guess, also... Wait, we're celebrating that because you infected me with <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today is also We Avoided Nuclear War in 1983 Day. Today is also, also, not spoiler because it's not relevant to anything, but Shalon obliquely confirmed to be bisexual in a word of Brandon in 2016. <laughs> That's right, everyone. It's September 26th. It's yes. my day. It's my birthday. Spoilers. It's. It was it was done like years ago. Okay, and it was just like a fan. It was a fan saying, "Hey, the way that she thinks about Yasna, was that intentional?" And Brandon's like, "Do you know what? Not really, but I can see how you could read it that way." And the fandom is like, "Done." Shalon likes boys <laughs> and girls. <laughs> well, congrats, Shalon. Yep, she's just like me. <laughs> yes, it's my birthday, and Emily's like, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" And I'm like, "I want to record." Two Words of Radiance podcast. So that's what we're going to do because it is her birthday. Even though Emily is deathly ill with the COVID I gave her. We're sitting on my bed while I'm in bed recuperating from COVID. But I just got over my COVID and my food poisoning. So it's a great day to be me. I'm ordering Mexican food to celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really mean of you. I got you some soup. <laughs> because guess what happened to me? Emily has no taste. Zero taste. Sense zero of taste. Sen- no! <laughs> zero taste, zero sense of smell. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. And like, <laughs> I will take a bite of something and my brain is trying to supply, like, this is what you should be tasting, but we're not getting any feedback from your taste buds. So we're not really tasting anything, but you should be definitely tasting this flavor. So I can get like like a phantom taste for about one or two bites, and then everything just shuts down. The phantom of the popsicle is here. I think it's orange. <laughs> it was very funny. We were we were sitting on the couch watching TV, um, and like three rooms away, a bathroom fan was on very low. And my cat was, like, meowing a little bit. And I'm like, buddy, what is it? And Emily goes, he must be hearing the bathroom fan. And I pause, and, like, I can't hear it. And I say, your other senses are already compensating. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully this is just temporary. You know, our sister, Lauren, lost her taste buds for, like, three months. But we have to go to fancy dinner next week. I know! I'm really worried about it. I will describe the foods to you in great detail. Our good friend Jane is fixing us, like, the fanciest of fancy foods, uh, like, to celebrate. Just, you know, she's a classically trained chef. She trained in, like, the French revolution. (laughs) (laughs) She is immortal. Um but yeah, I feel really bad because she's going to cook us this amazing meal and I'm going to show up and be like, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. It'll be fun to go to go uh, to that. So yeah, it's a Shalon chapter. It's a Shalon 
Palooza. Shalooza. <laughs> <laughs> we had a flashback from Shalon in chapter 19, mm-hmm. Safe Things. And then Shalon's party with the caravan continues in chapter 20, A Coldness of Clarity. And finally, things start to take a turn for her fate in chapter 21, Ashes. And Evelie's new favorite character is oh. already dead. <laughs> The new hire who was just trying to start a new life for himself. Bluth killed someone no, in book Bluth one. No, Bluth was a new hire and he'd never done anything bad. Ever. Okay, but he did do bad things. That's why the picture hit him so hard. Well, listen. Fine. People can change. You don't have to be a precious cinnamon roll your whole life. You can do bad things and then... Get inspired to be a better person. Just believed in him so hard. He had so much potential. That's he what I'm so much so potential. mad about. That's what I'm mad about. You're you keep... saying that you're like there was so much of his journey left before his destination. No, I wasn't saying that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've upset me. All right. If Emily doesn't die before we finish recording, hi, my name is Megan, and I don't have to get back to anything. It's my birthday. My name is Emily, and I have taken the day off of work, so I have nothing to get back to either except a nap after this. <sighs> so, first, we're going to talk about the flashback. Yes. Safe things. Brandon keeps doing this thing where I think... Okay, this sounds stupid. Brandon keeps doing this thing where I think we already have the whole picture, and then we'll read something, and it's like, oh... Everything still makes sense. There's just so much more context to it now. There's so much journey to go on. No, there's no journey. (laughs) We're barreling towards our destination. That's part of the journey. No, that's what the journey is for. You're being mean to me already on your birthday, and I'm just going to have to let it slide because it's your birthday. It is my birthday. Oh, I... Listen, I'm not being mean. I'm doing bits for the podcast, right? <laughs> podcast, you like bits? Shout out to all of our listeners. Uh, it turns out, Way of Kings, we have like 200 regular listeners, and we appreciate you all very appreciate much. the heck out of ya. So, okay, here's the thing. So we start chapter 19, uh-huh. Safe Things, uh, and it is, you said it was a flashback already, five and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and Shalon apparently has been mute since the incident, and we find out exactly what it was, because the maids are gossiping at this point. Yep. Because Shalon is not thinking about what happened, and so this, I found, was so clever by Branton. This is the only way we're going to find out what happens, is by the gossip of other people. Because Shalon is not gonna mm-hmm, do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But we find out that the reason Shalon hasn't said anything is she is traumatized because her dad killed her mom and her mom's lover. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to take things at face value. Mm-hmm. I think the dad is a terrible person. And we know that Shalon, well, we know that Shalon believes she murdered him. I hope she did straight up murder him. Um, <laughs> Things are just carrying on as normal. They live in this fancy house. Big fancy house. Uh, Shalon caught mention of her name again. The maids apparently thought that because she didn't speak, she didn't hear either. And so I, I just love this. That uh, at times she wondered if she was invisible. Perhaps 
Perhaps she wasn't real. That would be nice. Dot, dot, dot. Bonjour, je m'appelle Pierre Hatz. <laughs> I'm sick. I know. You did this to me. I know. Just <laughs> be Pierre Hatz. <laughs> My numb tongue. It's <laughs> numb tongue. He's got a little mustache and a beret and one of those stripy shirts and the <laughs> oh, baguette. <laughs> New original character, do not steal. Pierre Haps. <laughs> it would be Pierre Apps. Pierre Apps. Or Appé. <laughs> Pierre Appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I said. <clears throat> um. So we had talked about when we met Shalon's brothers in uh-huh. the last book. You talked to me about the titles in front of their names. Yes. And the eldest brother, the title is Non. Yeah. N A N. Well, it's not Non Balat. No. It's Non Hilaran. Helleran. Helleran. Where apparently he's dead later on in the book. Shalon mentions him in book one. Mm-hmm. That she has an older brother who's left and is gone. And now Balat is non-Balat. And you giggled when we talked about this. And you're like, I just remembered what happened to the older brother. And so now I'm really intrigued to find out what happens to the older brother. Nothing. He's not important. He sounds so nice. <laughs> at least in this this memory that we have of him. Because he's very caring about Shalon and I really hope that this is true and this is not a that it's not an unreliable narrator which we've come to find out Shalon really is an yeah. unreliable narrator because Emily it looks like Shalon just dissociates from mm-hmm. the plot she will just stop thinking she will put her mind blank on purpose and Helleran non-Helleran he has brought her something to try and help her out. Oh, what he brought her he brought her drawing supplies. Um, and he says, I missed your drawings. I think you could be very good, Shalon. You should practice more. And he um he tries he's just like, please, I need you to come back. Like this has been <coughs> It's been about six months since Yeah. It happened. But Shalon immediately starts to draw. But she draws that scene. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> no. Let the bodies hit the jump, jump floor. She, is that, yeah. Is that our song for this week? <laughs> no. no. Uh, I'll tell you our song at the end. Okay. And he sees what she's drawing and he just takes it and, and crumples, you know, crumples it up. And he's like, draw plants and animals. Safe thing, Shalon. Don't dwell on what happened. So he's the one that got her into naturalism. Mm-hmm. That got her into studying beggars and barmaids and the plants and the animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. Okay, I don't want to just read the whole chapter, but he tells her that they can't have vengeance yet. Like, they are having this conversation between them that the next brother isn't strong enough to leave the house, but he has to leave, so he's getting ready to leave. Yeah. Um... So, okay, so we've talked about the siblings a little bit before. I'm really hoping that all of this trauma has has bonded the siblings together against this horrible person of a father. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it has mm-hmm. so far, but what? Helleran's really worried about Balat 
Why specifically? He says he can't leave the house. Oh, because he gave him an axe hound and he said he wasn't very nice to it. I don't like it. It's sad. It is sad. I thought, anyways, I don't want to get into animal cruelty, but uh, that just, yeah, he's not a good person. Whoa, okay, whoa, I'm gonna... What? He's not a good person. Uh, This is how his trauma is manifesting. Mm. And now he's doing bad things, really horrible things, that we do not condone. But it's something that's come about because of this horrible thing that happened to their family six months Mm. ago. Got it. He has not been like this his whole life. Oh, okay. This is something that started after the death of their mother. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We do not slander two of the three serial killer triad blot in this house. So Hellerod says, I'm going to be leaving soon. Uh, this has not been approved Mm-mm. by anyone. Nope. <laughs> by the dad. And he... Um, he the dad storms in and shallan just thinks of him as father capital f oh they get into it they start getting into it yeah like helloran and dad helloran and dad kind of saying i think the same old fights that they've been having it feels very familiar and very Mm -hmm. rote like a pattern they fall into but helloran stands up to him and father moves against helloran but helloran has brought something different to this fight what does Halloran have? He has a shard blade. He has a shard blade. Can you read the description of it? Yes. Six feet long, curved and thick, with the sides that wasn't sharp, rising into a shape like burning flame or perhaps ripples of water. It had a gemstone set at the pommel, and as light reflected off the metal, the ridges seemed to move. Ooh, that's pretty. Where'd he get it? Nobody knows. It's a big, big surprise because... I mean, we know from, from their household that, that it's fallen into hard times. Um, but the idea that the shard blade has, that he has one, like it brings up so many more questions of who's he working with? Where did he get it? What's the point of him having it? Like, it's a big, sorry, that's my dog. When you guys hear like, he's happy to be on the podcast with us. (laughs) Father sat down in a dining chair, face still pale. How? A shard blade. Where? He glanced suddenly upward. But no, it's different. Your new friends, they trust you with this wealth? Because we know a shard blade. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And then Helleran says, we have an important work to do. Ooh. Who's his buddies? I'm almost kind of hoping it's the night's radiant. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's gonna be it. So that's a good guess. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Helleran, I think puts the dad in his place. It feels like what we've read so far. Listen, I hate being wrong, so I'm. I I don't want to be tricked by this chapter of like thinking like, oh, the dad's the bad guy, and then the dad turns out to not be the bad guy. But I feel like all signs point to him being the bad guy and being a serial abuser, bad mm-hmm. guy. And so Helleran puts the sword tip against the dad's chest and is like, this would be so easy to do. Why doesn't he? Because Shalon finally speaks. She just says no and then please. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. And I don't know if it would be because she doesn't want to see anyone else die or if mm-hmm. she has 
feelings for her. Like, you know, she doesn't want her dad to die or I don't know. Young child witnessing a brutal murder that stole her innocence. Yeah. I mean, doesn't want to see both parents die either. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. I mean, apparently she is going to see him die eventually because she tells Yasna. Oh, sorry. She told the creatures at the end of the first book that she murdered him. Yeah. Yeah. That's her truth that she murdered her father. Dad goes berserk. He's so mad about this, but he has like a temper tantrum. He's throwing chairs, smashing furniture, and says, breathing deeply, he turned his eyes on her. Shalon whimpered at the rage, the lack of humanity in his eyes. As they focused on her, the life returned to them and he flees like he's ashamed of what he's done. And so we get a little tiny bit more of a glimpse into Shalon's home life, which is really not good. No, it's not. They talked about at the end of the last book <coughs> who Shalon's dad was working with, right? The ghost bloods. Okay. Okay. I just can't remember if we talked about it or not, but we did talk about it. The ghost bloods. Then we move on to chapter 20, The Coldness of Clarity. Emily, can you read me the epigraph? It says, art form applied for beauty and hue. One yearns for the songs it creates. Most misunderstood by the artist, it's true. Come the spren to foundation's fates. From the listener song of listing, 90th stanza. What sort of spren do you think a parshendi would have to grab to do art form? Hmm. I know we haven't met all the spren, but I'm thinking it would have to be something like creation spren. Mm-hmm. Haven't we seen? Because Shalon, that happened to Shalon. Yeah. Yeah. She drew creation spren. That's actually what I was thinking too. Yeah. The little golden globes of light. Mm-hmm. So night, night's falling and she, several things are smoldering. She talks about how the sun is a smoldering ember and there's also a smoldering fire coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, before them so their caravan ends up approaching uh they end up spotting a larger caravan that's already been attacked Mm -hmm. um that has in fact been set on fire by other bandits and what does Tavlakov want to do he wants to just leave and get ahead of this because they have bandits chasing them behind them and his thinking is if we can get Past these guys, the bandits will will divert and come and finish off what they started, and that will give us more time to get away. But then I can't remember who points it out, if it's the people that they meet at the caravan or if Shalon points it out, but just that's that will temporarily delay them, but they're going to come get us anyway. Like, going out on our own is not going to work. <laughs> okay, so everyone knows. I haven't been super impressed with Shalon lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't want it to come across as me not liking her. Because that's not what it is. I don't care for some of the choices she's making. Uh-huh. Again, I don't know what choices I would make in her stead. But I felt like she turned a corner here and kind of... Okay, so these chapters are all about potential. We're going to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. And I love that we also got to see some of Shalon's potential. Like she's tapping into things that she could eventually become. I don't like Shalon. <laughs> <laughs> Finger on the scale. Well, that's, but that's things like I don't hate her. But every time we come to a Shalon chapter, I'm always like, Ugh, I wish this was about someone else. <laughs> Sorry, Shalon lovers. This Nothing against you. It's, it's a different strokes for different strokes. 
It's Are a, you having a stroke? No. <laughs> it's a different strokes for different folks kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But I really like these chapters because like you said, she gets up and she does something and she decides that we are going to recruit the deserters to protect us against the larger group of bandits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mean the caravan? Sure. Wait. There are two groups of bandits. I thought... Okay, there's two groups of bandits. There's a big group of bandits. Oh, it's our food. Oh, it's our food. I'm like, we're not expecting anyone. Yes. There are two bandits. There are two groups of bandits. There are two groups of bandits. So, Shalon runs to talk to a woman who's with the caravan. Um, and I don't think we find out her name here. We find out her name in chapter 21. Do you remember what it is? No. Tin. T-Y-N. T-Y-N. Okay. Her name is Tin. And uh, Shalon goes off to follow her and says, you, you know, tries, tries to talk and the lady snaps and says, we have two groups of bandits to fight. And Shalon says, two? You didn't defeat the group that attacked you earlier? <laughs> and the lady's like, No! They set us on fire and then left us to put out the flames because they obviously want to steal what the caravan yeah. is carrying. Wasn't the fire an accident? Uh, yeah, like just during the fight, the yeah, caravan yeah. set on fire. Um, and so Shalon says, I offer you my protection. <gasps> okay, okay. So with this, I'm just like, oh, Shalon! Because she has no protection to offer. She is lying, which is the point of her and pattern. Okay, but... So I think it's literally... Literally... No, no, no. In the the literature scope, I think it's beautiful and amazing. Yeah. But in, like, the context of the plot moving along, I'm just, like, beating my head against a wall. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh... You may accept me and mine into your camp, Shalon said. I will see to your safety tonight. I will need your service after that to convey me to the Shattered Plains. And Tin just laughs at her. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this woman, she's a light-eyed woman of medium height and wiry build. She wears trousers and a long coat that almost looked like a dress buckled at the waist. She wore a tan glove over her safe hand and spoke Alethi without an accent. (laughs) So, as Shalon says, I guarantee your safety. This is when Shalon is like, take Tag below and help those people fight. And Tavlokov is like, absolutely not. And... She met his eyes in the near darkness, and he stopped. She knew that she was glowing softly. She could feel the storm within. She's holding stormlight. See, this part was really, really cool Mm -hmm. because she had the power and the juice to back her up. Yeah. Do it. She left him and walked to her wagon. Bluth, turn this wagon around. He stood with a sphere beside the wagon, looking down at something in his hand. A sheet of paper? Surely Bluth, of all people, didn't know glyphs. I knew what this was. You did. I 100% knew what this was. You got a booger. 
Oh. Other nostril. That's what happens when you're sick. Sorry. With COVID. And anyway, you knew what this was right away. Right away. I was just like, it's her drawing. I don't know how he got it. I'm wondering if Pattern gave it to him or like arranged oh. for like him to see it or something. Um, but it's the, the picture that Shalon drew of like Bluth, like all the potential she saw in him. So. Yeah. And if you remember, she drew a like pretty goofy caricature of him first. Yes. Yes. And then she's like, no, no. And then she draws this, like, noble picture of him instead. Mm-hmm. So they go to the smaller group of bandits, the deserters. Mm-hmm. And Shalon, I love how she logics this out here. She's like, these people were soldiers. So they will still have a command structure. Yes. See, okay. Shalon is my... Hot and cold, yes and no, you're in, you're out, you're up, you're down. I just can't get a straight reading on her. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just difficult because she'll do something that feels way out in left field, but it totally works. Yeah. Ugh. It works. So as she is talking to these deserters... And she's saying, oh, there are these bandits attacking us. Soldiers, we need your help. I knew, I knew that there were men from the Shattered Plains patrolling here. They didn't believe me, but I know who you are. So here we go. (laughs) Deserters stepped away from her, wearing ripped and dirty clothing with grizzled unkempt hair and faces that hadn't seen a razor or washcloth in ages. And yet, by torchlight, their weapons gleamed without a spot of rust and their breastplates were polished to the point where they reflected her features. Mm-hmm. Which, like, shows the the identity that they still hold. Like, they still yeah. see themselves as soldiers. They just, they aren't serving any high prince, but they are, like, soldiers mm-hmm. together. And the leader is a man named Vatha, but he just sort of halfway mentions the guy standing next to him, <laughs> and it is... It's Gaz! It's Gaz! He's back, baby! Ugh. I... Have not been worried about him, but I have been worried about him. I was just afraid that he was languishing in some like torture dungeon somewhere mm-hmm. because Sadius is that kind of person. And I'm not surprised he ran away. I think that was the only way he could have saved his life. Yeah. That was the only way he could have lived. I do not like fault him for deserting his post because nobody wants to die. That's that's how he saved his own life. And Shalon does the same thing she did to the boat, she did to Tablakov, that she tried to do to the stick, but she tries three or four different approaches in conversation Mm. and ends up convincing almost the entire group of deserters to join her. She St. Crispin's days them. Probably Henry V. Something like that. massacre where no and he's just like today we fight and 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 it's a very famous speech i believe you i'm sure tom hiddleston's performed it somewhere what's his name the guy who played uh lockhart and then who played oh kenneth branagh yeah he did it we few we happy few henry the fifth did you say henry the fifth you said i did say henry the fifth only because what group was I in? Oh, 
for one of my one of my projects, someone was referencing Henry V and walking around the battlefield after St. Crispin's Day in uh so it was AP Lit, Miss Wolsey. Uh she played us this clip. Uh-huh. And she's like, Okay hey guys, we're not gonna get through this whole thing by the time the bell rings, you know, we'll we'll do it another day or whatever. But she's playing it and yeah, the bell to dismiss the class rings and nobody leaves oh. we just are all like no 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 don't turn it off yet we have a few more minutes hold on hold on hold on oh. and then it's like the warning bell and and i mean it's only like five minutes between classes but we are all just like enraptured by this and finally she's like okay i will send you guys like i'll excuse your tardies for your next classes we're like yay it was very good and so that's kind of what i got just her like public speaking voice and okay this is what i love is here is shalon who her destiny, quote-unquote, was to live in her father's library and then live in her husband's library. And here she is getting ready to command an army. It's mm-hmm. a tiny army, but it's it's an army, you know? Yeah. And she is becoming more than anyone ever believed she could be or do, or she's just becoming more. Her potential has been unlocked. Speaking of becoming more, she also... She transforms the way she looks with the stormlight. Oh, that's right. She becomes like... She's wearing a necklace that she does not own. Yeah. Her nails have, like, changed. Uh, they're, they're clean and manicured instead of chipped. And, you know, I mentioned that she could see herself in the reflection of the breastplates, but she is taller and she's wearing a gown that, like, shimmers with gold. So she becomes someone different as she's talking to them whoever she needs to be and i love the next line because Mm -hmm. brightness the man said as she stepped up to him we aren't what you think we are and i'm like well shallan technically is not what you think she is either no shallan replied you aren't what you think yourselves to be and when she first comes into camp she's like goofing around and pretending that like not goofing around but at the beginning she's like oh I knew that there were soldiers here. And then she reveals, listen, I know who you guys really are. Like, I know that you're deserters. But what would you give to be real soldiers again? Yeah. And she reaches into the hearts of these men. And who is the first to lead the charge? It's Gaz. Ah! So. That I hate. I can't believe I like him now. <laughs> and and again, it's it's back to this central theme of perspective and point of view that like, oh, what one character sees one way, someone else sees another. It's in, into a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Same example, very very different circumstance. It's like the different ways that Kaladin and Dalinar see Amaram, mm-hmm. and. Uh, if Shallan does make it to the Shattered Plains, is Gaz going to want to come all the way back with her? Is yeah, she going to want to return to that? I can't imagine that he, if he's into, okay, okay, this could go multiple ways. Okay, okay. If he's into self-preservation, I can, I can see him escorting her up to, like, camp. The door. The, and then yeah. saying, this is it, goodbye. Yeah. But at the same time, if she's like, I offer you my protection, you're now mine, like, you're my entourage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that might be enough to protect him, but Sadius is the biggest jerk on the planet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Give yourselves another chance, Shalon said softly. 
If you return with me, I will see that your crimes are erased. See, I feel like that's too big to promise. I promise it to you by all that I have, by the Almighty himself, you can start over. Start over as heroes. It's repentance. Does the book's going to talk about it. <laughs> like, can you undo what you've done? Mm-hmm. Can you kill to protect someone? Can, can you, you make up for killing someone on accident with a bottle of poisoned wine 40 years ago that you didn't know about? Yeah, or is or is that going to follow you to the end of your days no matter how many orphans you make shoes for? <laughs> Stupid killer guy in that interlude. Somebody mentions that I saved a woman's life once. I felt a hero for weeks. Toasts in the tavern. Like people... Okay. Here's my personal belief. People like to do good. Yeah. Like, I feel like people like to help others. It's hard to do sometimes and awkward to do sometimes. But, like, I feel like overall we want to help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, man is good. At their heart, people are good. Mm-hmm. And people want to feel good. And sometimes by doing good you feel good. But sometimes by acting selfishly, you feel good, and some people chase that instead. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so all these deserters, Shalon's just desserts, um, they charge into the fight, and then Pattern comes up to her and says, they listened. You changed them. Yeah. I can't believe it worked, Shalon said. Ah, you are good with lies. No, I mean, that was a figure of speech where she says, like, yeah. It seems impossible that they'd actually listen to me, hardened criminals. You are lies and truth, Pattern said softly. They transform. This whole... See, this is the sort of philosophy I like, Mm -hmm. where it's, okay, technically... Cine Patton deserter. Yeah. (laughs) Where, yeah, the idea of, like, if you believe you're something, can you be that or do you have to do it? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just intrigued by this. I'm, I'm intrigued in, okay, here's what, here's what I'm looking forward to is what will Shalon become? This is what I read for. This is what I watch movies for. This is what I experience stories for is I want to see the character arc either you know i want to see the villain be redeemed to be a hero i want to see a hero fall and become the villain i want someone listen i cannot remember who said it and i'm sure many 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 people said that but your any character but i'm just going to say your main character should end up in a completely different mindset than when they started out that is compelling and intriguing and good storytelling and so I love that Shalon was this timid frail quote-unquote frail sheltered thing Mm -hmm. with and we saw the thing is this hidden potential didn't just pop out of nowhere right we've seen it from the very beginning with her like being afraid to flirt with the soldiers but knowing the the sail sailors knowing exactly one could say they're the soldiers of the sea (laughs) (laughs) the sailors um and so i'm intrigued with her journey and where she's going to end up even if i don't really like her 
personally no. as a character, no. I think she's fascinating. Yeah, and there's just, there's so many different people that she could end up to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if any of you have read Harry Dresden. Mm-hmm. Is this Molly's <laughs> windows and mirrors? Yeah. So, uh, he soul gazes a character called Molly. What's soul gazing? Soul gazing is what a wizard can do is when What's they... a wizard? <sighs> Sorry. I'm going to assume our people listening to a fantasy podcast know what a wizard is. This could be their very first fantasy series. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. What's a soul gaze? Okay, so it's when a wizard... Okay, first of all... <laughs> Dresden, if you're not familiar with him, book series written by Jim Butcher, Wizard in Modern Day Chicago. What's Chicago? You know what? You can get out. You have your own mic. You can go set up downstairs. Um, it's amazing. We're on book like what? 17. 17 out of yeah. 25, maybe? 26? Uh, Harry Dresden, 100 years. Million years, Harry Dresden. 80 bucks. Jim will read all of them. <laughs> Jim, who definitely listens to our podcast. <laughs> so, uh, what a soul gaze is, a wizard can look into you. <laughs> we need to stop right now. <laughs> Do not squirt coke out of your nose. <laughs> I, listen, it's soda pop, okay? I'm not putting actual coke up my nose. <laughs> I mean, drug coke. <laughs> Not that I, a good girl, know what that is. Uh, looks into your eyes and can see you, who you are. Like, the heart and soul and core of you. Ken has a vision sort of a thing. And then when he soul gazes you, you also see him. But so far in the book, we have no idea what people see. Jim has not revealed that yet. Anyways. So, why <laughs> are Spoilers for one of the books. <laughs> but I was messaging my friend Priscilla, who had read the book ahead of me, and I was like, Harry and this one particular character, they've never soul-gazed, right? And Priscilla's like, no? And I was like, okay, okay, I think that'll happen this book. <laughs> and as they're trying to soul-gaze each other for the first time, this other character dies. <laughs> and I was like, She's like, eh. So he has. Jokes what? aside, Priscilla actually does listen to this podcast. Oh. So hello, Priscilla. <laughs> I'm sorry that we're like butchering this explanation. We're Jim butchering it. <laughs> hey, to quickly sum up, because we've done 10 tangents. Soul gazing is when a wizard looks in your eyes and sees your soul. I said that! I know, but that kept interrupting you. So <laughs> he looks in your eyes and sees your soul, and then. Molly, this is the person that he's soul gazing. It's, and it's been a minute since I've read this book, but it's like she's standing in front of like a multifaceted mirror and he sees multiple like paths for her. Mm -hmm. And, and in some, you know, she goes on to live a very normal life. In some, she becomes like an evil wizard hell bent on destroying the world, you know, just that. She's at a crossroads, like a literal crossroads in her life at this moment. Um, and he has got to figure out if she is okay enough to, like, leave on her own. Or if someone needs to take care of the problem, sort of mm -hmm, a thing. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't remember why I started on this tangent. Because you're talking about Shalon. Talking about Shalon. 
there are many multiple paths she can go on and I am excited to go on this journey to see how she gets to where she's gonna go okay okay let's imagine we've got Shalon and she's you are soul gazing Shalon okay and you're seeing these 10 different mirrors Mm -hmm. you don't have to give me all 10 but can you give me some different versions of Shalon that you think might happen in the future like Mm -hmm. what's a best case worst case unexpected case scenario for who Shalon could be. I could see her ending up in someone's library for the rest of her life. And I think she could be happy, quote, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. happy as she could. And maybe she doesn't want this life. Maybe she's, you know, the hobbits going off and saying like, huh, I'd rather be home in Hobbiton than mm-hmm. actually going mm-hmm. out and doing this. I could see her, the way that this last scene turned out, I could see her becoming some sort of like bandit queen and, like, calling yeah. people to her cause. Yeah. Because I don't think the Alethi allow women leaders, war leaders. She, she'd have to, like, wear a hat with a veil on it yeah. so no one would know her true identity. <laughs> so there's another one. I could see her, I could see her doing, like, the political thing. She's smart. She's smart enough that yeah. she could move the pieces around on the chessboard without people knowing. I could also see her going down the dark side and using her powers for... Evil. Evil and her own personal gain. Um, I don't know who these ghost bloods are, but it makes me nervous to think that she could either, I mean, she could go join them. Maybe they come talk to her and they're just like, hey, all this time you thought Yasna Kalin was doing this. Well, this is really what she was doing or whatever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Shalon's only got one side of the story. Right. But she's so smart. Yeah. So I feel like if someone were to sit her down and actually give her both sides of whatever is going on, I feel like she would surprise everyone with a third option. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to see which of your Shalon mirrors <laughs> comes, comes to best. pass. Your shmirrors, if you will. <laughs> um, but we don't see a lot of the battle. Shalon no. stays away from the violence. Which I think works really, really well. Okay, we talked about this, like, at the beginning of book one, where we talked about when Kaladin's walking through the war camps, he's he's seen how the war camps work, and it's just being like, oh, yeah, it was like this in my old camp or whatever. Like, he notices details that the reader needs to know without it being weird and, mm-hmm. like, info dumpy. Yeah, so he pulls out things that are specifically important and memorable to Kaladin. Yes. And then when Shalon's in the library... She mentions and notices specific things that are of interest to Shalon, and it gives really solid world building that's also character specific and tells us about the character in the world at the same time. And that's really hard to do because mm-hmm. if you're trying to tell, like, set a scene with a character that's like not familiar with anything, it's going to set a very different tone than someone who's lived in that place their whole lives, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, the idea that we jump from the fighting is getting ready to start to not even the tail end of the fighting. The fighting's over. Like, Shalon, yeah, didn't... It's almost like she's blanked out the violence. Yeah. But in the 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 meta of the book, we just started a new chapter. We just skipped all of it. It's so good. Oh, it's so good the way this is written. Uh, will you give us the epigraph for Ashes? Yes, it says, Meditation form made for peace, it said. Form of teaching and consolation. When used by the gods, it became instead a form of lies and desolation. From the listener song of listing, 33rd stanza. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, what's up with these gods? 
they don't sound very pleasant. Nope. Which I don't blame the listeners for not wanting them to show up again. It's giving me very, hopefully this isn't blasphemous, it's giving me very mummy vibes. (laughs) The Brendan Fraser version where like, here's an evil immortal thing that's going to come back and they do not want it to happen. So. Uh, Emily, who is? Bluth is gone. Famed American animation legend, Donald Bluth. Although, Brandon, if you did name him after that, I'm sorry I made fun of that name. Uh, He ran into the fighting. And Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't the only one who was left. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven of the deserters had died. Yeah, yeah. And as Shalon is, like, closing his eyes and, like, trying to... Not clean up, but she notices that paper and she pulls it out and she realizes it's the picture that she drew of him. And she's like, when did he have time to get that out of my journal? So I swear there's a part where they accuse Bluth of being a part of the other caravan. Maybe. Is that in the other chapter? I feel like we skipped. I've, I thought there was a, a thing where like someone was getting... Like, Bluth was, like, double timing them. Yeah, like, he was leading to Vlokov's people to... I think that is somewhere, but I'm not sure where. Okay. It might be when they're talking about Bluth later. Okay. She goes to look for the leaders of the caravan. And she goes to talk to Markov, who is the man who runs the caravan, and his associate, Tin, the woman in the long coat. Tin was the head of the guards, but... They've lost a lot of men, and they've lost a lot of goods from the caravan uh, over to the last couple night. And Tin uh, has been talking to Markov and says that the mercenaries obviously work for Shalon, and that Shalon probably made them attack them. And Shalon says, no, 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 they didn't work for me before. They do now. It took a little <laughs> persuasion. There's only about a 20-minute difference from what you accused me of. Yeah, yeah. And Shalon says out loud that she wants this caravan to accompany her to the Shattered Plains. Uh, and Markov says, but your soldiers can, like, take you there. But Shalon internally thinks, no, I want the soldiers to stay with the caravan. I want them to be reminded of, like, what they've done, what yeah. they've saved, the good that they've done. Yeah. And so the little caravan, Shalon's little caravan of deserters is going to join this Big caravan. The little caravan that could. The little caravan that could. Vatha is way upset with Shalon. Because he's he's lost a chunk of his soldiers. Yeah. And he grabs her by the arm and says, you don't look like you did before. (laughs) I saw a queen in the darkness and now I see a child. And Emily, read... I got the shivers when Vatha was talking to Shalon about what they did before they joined up. Out in the wilderness, we took, we killed. You think one night absolves us? You think one night will stop the nightmares? And he's like, listen, if we go with you, we're going to die the second we set foot in there. Like, and Shalon's like, no, but I, I promise. And he's like, your word means nothing. And I'm like, he has the point. Like he does. She is literally a child. She has no like she has nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Except the very tenuous is that the right word? Yeah. Tenuous trust that people have chosen to put in her based on a skewing of reality. <laughs> but yeah, he's about to like 
maybe not inflict, but heavily imply bodily violence to her when a voice, a voice from behind him, you know, tells her to let, let her go. And it's pattern, but this Vatha guy can't see pattern. And pattern repeats over, you know, you let her go. And it kind of freaks him out. You know, he let go of her and wiped his hand on his trousers like, There's something weird about her. I love, I love pattern is so smart, but I love how alien he is as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Because Shalon says that one will be trouble. And pattern eventually says like, oh, that's curious because I think he already is trouble. Like, (laughs) you know. So to block of... Uh, and Shalon are breaking up. <laughs> to block a And no one pushed him off a cliff. I know. I was cheated. But Shalon did take all of his human slaves. Right. But she leaves the parchment behind. Because she's like, absolutely, I will not touch that. Like, that's just going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. So, listen, Sh- Shalon is really trying. But she does not free the slaves. She buys the slaves and says, but we'll put all your wages towards your slave price. Yeah. So she she buys off the, she purchases the slaves. Um, everyone else is burning up the bodies. And she sees um, a woman in the caravan presents Gaz with a prayer that she's written. Mm-hmm. Um, so he holds up the sheet. It's a prayer made from familiar runes but not one of mourning, as Shalon would have expected to see. It was a prayer of thanks. And I want to read this paragraph because I really love it. It's beautiful. The former deserters gathered in front of the flames and looked at the prayer. Then they turned and looked outward, seeing, as if for the first time, the two dozen people standing there and watching, silent in the night. Some had tears on their cheeks, some held the hands of children, Shalon had not noticed the children before, but was not surprised to see them. Caravan workers would spend their lives traveling, and their families would travel with them. Shalon stopped just beyond the caravaneers, mostly hidden in the darkness. The deserters didn't seem to know how to react, surrounded by that constellation of thankful eyes and tearful appreciation. Finally, they burned the prayer. Shalon bowed her head as they did, as did most of those watching. She left them standing taller, watching the ashes of that prayer rise towards the Almighty. Uh, that's the end of this week's reading. Reading? <laughs> but we do have a picture. Emily, tell me about this picture. It's giving me very arcane slash steampunk vibes. Um, but it is a sketch of, I'm going to say an outfit, but it looks like men's fashion, and the little thing at the bottom says, a page from a folio of fashion pages out of Leofor. The model, it should be noted, is Alethi, and this folio was intended for sale in the Alethi and Vedin markets. So you were telling me that they do have, like, fashion magazines, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's pretty cool. Like, there's, like, a cravat and, like, a really tall popped collar, I guess is the best way to do it, but it's, like, a gold chain around the front. Like, it's also giving me some Lando Calrissian vibes here as well, so. So, uh... I know that the picture doesn't exactly go with this week's reading, but, you know, it was there on the last page, so we looked at it. Uh, we're going to talk about the heralds that are present on this week's chapters. And, Emily, I think you're getting a little bit better at spotting heralds. say that because you're a good sister. <laughs> there is something a little different 
about the Heralds this week. I want you to look at 19 safe things. Oh, it's both men and women. There's two different Heralds. That's new. So this safe things, Shalon's flashback has Shalosh. Which is because Shalon. Shalosh. Shalash. (laughs) (laughs) Is that who Shalon was named after, right? Yes. Okay. And I would say Shalash is present because this is the first chapter where Shalon starts to draw. Mm. And then the other herald is Nalen. He's the guy who represents justice. Justice. So in this flashback, we've got creativity and justice looking over it. And then for chapter 20, we also have two heralds. What? They both have crowns on them. And do you recognize the dude crown? I'm assuming he looks important. So I'm going to assume it is Yezrin. Yeah. You did it! Emily, you just 100% identified a herald by yourself! (laughs) Yezrian. Yezrian, yes. And the other one is Batar, who represents wisdom and being careful. Okay. Which I I think Shalon shows great leadership in convincing the, the men to join her. And then... You know, yeah, so she's got wisdom and leadership, and she gets to use both of them. And then finally, the herald We've got three in a row with two heralds each. And I cannot remember if we've got two heralds each for the rest of the book. <laughs> but Talonel is the herald of soldiers. Okay. So Talm, you know, that that's Talenelat. And then we've got the justice guy again. So okay. Talm has a helmet. That's how we can always recognize him. And Nalen has a like a cloak and, and it's hooded over his face. So heralds and I mean sorry, soldiers and justice. Cool. Dun, dun, dun. Um, what song are we putting on the playlist? Somebody say Yeah <laughs> We are going to be putting on the theme song from the nineteen nineties Smallville. And well two thousands. Two thousands. Such a good song. Good pick. Thank you. Okay, so here are the relevant lyrics. And this is this is in honor of the men who decide once again to be soldiers. Somebody save me. Let your warm hands break right through. Somebody save me. I don't care how you do it. Just save. Come on. I've been waiting for you. So there you go. That's, that's the song for good this song. week. Next week's reading assignment... We will be doing chapter 22, Lights in the Storm. Chapter 23, Assassin. What? (gasps) It's Seth back. And chapter 24, Tin. All right. No, three chapters is it. Three chapters is enough. No, Megan, no. I know, I know. Absolutely not. Meg, we're eventually going to read the whole thing, okay? I know, but it's Don't do this to me. Don't Mom. do this to me when I have to edit this. Fine, wait. It's your birthday, I understand. <laughs> but please don't do it to me. Okay, everyone. Um, Emily and I are going to try and get one more episode recorded today, so I'm going to hand her off the book so she can do it. But, uh, oh my gosh, did we just do a Way of Kings episode in one hour? We did. That is a first. Look at us. We're so <laughs> We're getting better at this. And plus, at Emily's great assistance, we only do three chapters at a time. <laughs> anyway, so I've got to get back to, uh, oh, I had bought myself a cross-stitch project for my birthday. There you go. So I'm going to get back to doing that while Emily gets back to reading the book. <gasps>
You can do it. Thank you. Because I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready? Ready. Break. That was a fun one.